Welcome to the Manager Tools Podcast for Monday, November 13th, 2006. Hi, this is Michael Lozan, and on behalf of Mark Forsman and myself, welcome back to Manager Tools. We've talked about the importance of interpersonal skills before with casts on handshakes and meal etiquette. While for many they might not sound like managerial topics, the fact is that career management skills are just part of the modern manager's repertoire. And as surely as you've read, business gets done at dinner, parties, conferences, conventions, product launch events, annual meetings, golf course, and nonprofit fundraisers. So, what do you do when you walk into a party and don't seem to know anyone there? In this cast, we walk through a simple technique for introducing yourself into a smaller group in an unobtrusive, polite fashion. Everyone can do it? Of course, the question is, will you? Are you willing to stand in the corner and have everyone think you are painfully shy and therefore surely not managerial or executive material? Or are you going to take the step and introduce yourself to a group of folks you don't know? If you don't know how, today we're going to talk about it. So this is uh, another one of those casts that some of the listeners may not really think of as work. Yes. <laughs> and <laughs> etiquette boy, would you care to elaborate on that a bit? Well, <laughs> you, you said some of our listeners might think might not think about this as being about work. They're wrong, and I was just trying to avoid saying so to be polite and, and agreeing with your assertion. But now that you pushed me, thanks for helping me insult our listeners. <laughs> no, no, you're right. You're you're right. Of course. Um, and and I, you and I, we both understand the thinking. Um, you know, it's not work. If, you know, so many people picture work as being at their cube. Um, but but I got to tell you one of the one of the things that keeps coming back in my head over and over again uh, is one of Peter Drucker's saying what Peter Drucker's sayings, which is what gets done in organizations is not what should get done, but what can get done. He's saying that some managers are just unwilling to embrace tough choices, to stretch, to grow, um, to push themselves knowingly, even though they increase their chances. You know, the, the, the risk is much higher when you're doing something new or different that you're not, you're not good at, um, to essentially do what is hard, but, but what is necessary. Yeah. You know, it's just a fact of modern management and career management life that social skills do make a difference in one's career. Yeah. And, and you may want you know, our listeners may want their next promotion to be all about pure performance and intellect and sheer technical prowess. Um, but hey, I want a Ferrari and I don't have one. So keep dreaming. It's, it's you know, it's like, it's like I say all the time when the, the recruiter joke of when the young person says, I, I want a job working with people, that, that's good because all the jobs in our company that work with dogs and trees are taken. Um, the fact is you're going to have to work with people. Um, Social skills are important, um, and uh, there are probably, you know, 30 or 40 
uh, moments, much like this cast, um, that uh, many managers don't know how to do um, that we can help them be more effective at. Yeah. You know, and a lot of people will probably find today's subject at least a little arcane, but you and I both know that a lot of managers don't know how to do it. You know, we've seen it. Managers, they're not engaging in an event or product launch or a convention or a conference, Uh, not because they don't want to. They just don't know how. And, you know, this cast is about that. What do you do when you're standing alone, looking around, and you see four or five or six groups all neatly arranged, and you're not in them? (laughs) Yeah. And, you know, I I think it's important. You you just ran off a list in your head because of your your career and how often you were sent to top performer events and and, uh, asked to meet with other clients or asked to meet with clients of your firm and so on. This is not just for parties. This is not just a, a cocktail party kind of tool. You can use this as a, at a product launch event or at a convention, you know, an industry convention or a conference that happens that your company has sent you to or that you're going on your own. Um, there, and, and yes, it could be after a round of golf, but, but it doesn't just have to be in what you would think of as being social or weekend. It can actually be, absolutely be a quasi work it's a work environment. Um, it's just not one that's cubicle based. And I think that's one of the things that people have talked about for the you know, last 10, 15 years, the stretching of the work day, um, not just at your cubicle, but in terms of dinners and, and uh, uh, conferences and those things like that, where you have to rush out, go to a conference, turn around, rush back. Um, and you've got to make good use of conference. And I'm sure we have a cast. I, I, I want to say it's, uh, sometime in the next couple of three months uh, about how to be effective at a at a convention or a conference, the entire thing in terms of how to be effective there. But this is about that that very specific moment. Um, and, and, I, and I imagine just like uh, in normal manager tool style, we have um, 27.5 easy <laughs> steps on how to do this, right? Yeah, you'd think this is manager tools, huh? Um, five easy steps. Um, here they are. First, uh, okay, so again, let's just let's be clear. We're, we're, th- this is a technique to help you introduce yourself into a group of people so that you're not the lone wallflower, um, not being part of uh, um, a conversation. The first thing you do is approach the right person in the group. You approach them from their right. You touch the step three. You touch them on the shoulder blade. Step four, when they turn toward you, you extend your hand. And step five, you quietly introduce yourself. And that's it. Oh, that, that sounds pretty easy. I, I guess we're done. Yeah, it, it is easy to know. <laughs> it's an entirely different thing to do. Even though I didn't like the book, The Knowing Doing Gap, when it comes to social skills, I think a lot of managers, I, I think in this case, people don't know what to do, honestly, don't, don't know how to do it. Um, but this is also one where for those people who are not naturally socially adept, that don't think of themselves, you know, I, I have a friend who's always telling me, I get my energy from being alone and quiet. You know, that's not Mark Horseman, but, but this person says that that's who I am. He says, yet I know in order to be effective, I need to stick out my hand and say hello. So we're going to talk specifically about how to do that. When you, Again, industry conference, convention, product launch, uh, cocktail party after work, happy hour after work with your team. Um, uh, and, and we're not suggesting that every IT manager or technology engineering manager on the planet is suddenly going to become the life of the party. Or, or suddenly become good at marketing, for that matter. <laughs> uh, 
but I know this works. I've been, you know, as I've said many times, I've been studying people for years. Um, uh, and I've tried many different ways of doing this. And this is the way that I use and it works all the time. Good. All right. So let's, let's go. I mean, number one, okay. approach yeah. the right person. I mean, how, I mean, isn't one person as good as another in a group? <laughs> yes. Um, no, <laughs> not. Um, and I think this is really where many, many people go wrong, Mike. Um, they get up the courage and then they just sort of launch themselves as a group. And, and to some degree, I just want to applaud them and pat them on the back for at least you're, you know, you're inserting yourself in the group, even if it means knocking people down <laughs> to do it. Um, but there are five important rules you have to keep in your head um, when you're thinking about this. Um, rule number one. Obviously, all things being equal, approach someone you know. That, that's easy. Um, the, the only time this is not good um, is when you're violating rule number three below, uh, which we'll talk about here in just a second. Um, rule number two, pick the person that seems to be smiling the most. If you don't know anybody, pick the person that seems to be smiling the most. Usually people who smile are those who are most willing to be welcoming to you when you come into the group. Again, this is not to, uh, this should not be construed to violate the, the other rules. Um, there are some places in terms of how a group is formed that you wouldn't want them to introduce yourself to the most smiling person. We'll talk about that in just a second. Rule number three is perhaps, um, rule number three and four, I guess, together are really the most important. And, and, uh, many people tell me, you know, I don't really think about rule number one or rule number two. When I've coached people on this, um, I, I, there are several of my clients who've said, I, I don't even think about rule number one or rule number two. I use this when I don't know somebody, when I don't know anybody and I'm, I'm not really sure. I don't want to spend a whole lot of time looking to see whether they're smiling. I just go to rule number three and rule number four. Rule number three is choose the person to introduce yourself to who is opposite the speaker. Okay. If we assume for a moment, Mike, that the group is in a, is in a circle, right? And let's assume to make it easy that we have a person at 12 o'clock, a person at six o'clock, a person at three and a person at nine. If the speaker is the person at 12 o'clock in the group, then approach the person at, at six o'clock or at least between six and nine. O'clock. Right. If, if you tell me if, if the, the speaker is at 12 o'clock, if people are arranged in a circle and the speaker is yes. at 12 o'clock. And they're facing inward toward, yeah, toward the center you of the clock. Go to yeah. The six o'clock. Okay. The six o'clock person, the person directly opposite the speaker is what I usually tell them. If there are eight or 10 people in the group, just pick somebody roughly opposite the speaker. It makes it easier if there are more people in the group. Um, smaller groups tend to be, a little bit less welcoming. And so that's a good thing to keep in mind as well, that a larger group is generally easier to, to break into because it feels less intimate to the people who are in the group. Um, okay. Um, rule number four, don't choose the person immediately to the left of the speaker. Okay, and we'll talk about that in a little bit. Okay. The, rule number five is strictly a bonus. It's really not a rule. It's just sort of a guideline or a suggestion. Choose somebody with a drink. If there are drinks involved, choose somebody with a drink in their left hand or at least somebody with their right hand free. Um, it's a bonus. Don't, don't let it rule overrule any other rule. Um, if you have to boil it down and you need somebody to think about, you need something to think about real quickly, go opposite the speaker and not to the person to the immediate left of the speaker. Um, 
this does not work for groups the size of two. <laughs> that's that's not a group. That's a conversation. Um, and, well, and just to be clear, let's throw a bonus in here. What what do you do when you're approaching two people who are talking? You essentially make it a group by standing uh, um, to their right or left, and 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 uh, now you have a group of three and focus on the speaker. Okay, if you stand outside a group, let me just a little caveat here. If you stand outside a group for five minutes, mulling over all these rules. And figuring out what Feng Shui suggests that you do, <laughs> this cast is not for you. This cast cannot help you. <laughs> this is not an analytical exercise. We're trying to find a balance between launching yourself like a homing missile at somebody and knocking people down and standing on the sidelines and not doing anything at all. <laughs> homing missile. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> Just trying to be illustrative or um, whatever. Okay. Rule number two. Uh, approach from the person, whomever you've decided to approach, approach from their right side. And that's really easy. We approach from the right because we're going to shake their hand. Them shaking your hand is surprisingly important in a group. Now, ideally, we want to do it directly from their right or from their front right if we can. Um, what I mean here is if the, if now the person you're approaching is at the center of their own clock, forget about the, 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 the um, the previous clock analogy that we used, but if, if, if you're approaching them and they're in the center of the clock, you want to approach them from three o'clock relative to how they're standing facing the speaker. Or if the, if the physical structure of the group allows it and there's a little bit of space, actually approach them from two o'clock as opposed to three o'clock. If you approach them from three or even slightly better, two o'clock, if you make eye contact with the side of their face and move in their direction directly, um, uh, provided there's space to do that, they're going to become, uh, um, aware of you peripherally as you approach. They And their mind is mentally getting ready for them to either welcome you or to address you in some fashion. They're going to feel you um, coming in from their right. Uh, and probably, they don't even realize it, but I've actually watched people do this. I've, I've, in, I, I've asked a cohort to approach people from the right of a group, and I'm standing behind and to the left of the speaker. And you can see the person as I'm looking across the group at the person who's being approached, I can see this person's who's being approached, I can see their eyes flick to the right. Not all the way to the person who's coming in if the person's 10 feet away from them, but I can see their eyes flick to the right in order to give themselves more peripheral vision in that direction as somebody comes toward the group. If you make eye contact, I'm sorry, if your eyes focus on that person's face and you start walking directly toward them, they will become aware of you physically, even if they don't turn completely and face you even before you get to them. And, and the more you can be more in their vision, so more toward two o'clock, the better. So often though, Mike, the, you know, the, the, the structure of the group doesn't allow you to come in from two o'clock if there's four or five or six people in a group and they're standing in a circle. So worst case, approach from three. And, and for some people, this doesn't work. You know, for example, if I approach somebody from the two o'clock or three o'clock position, they see me coming, they generally glance off to the left to see where they can escape. Yeah. <laughs> you know, usually what I found is there's a real, at parties, once people form a group, um, the majority of people, the people who are, let's say, the non-high eyes, they want to stay in that group. 
there's a social connection there. They're part of that smaller uh, um, group within the larger party or the larger event or what have you, even if there are 20 other groups. It's only the high eyes who are very comfortable saying, hey, I got to go get a drink and I'll be back or whatever. And then they go find somebody else. Or they say, would you please excuse me? And we're going to do another cast at some point about excusing yourself from a group. I mean, the ability to um, to be able to say, will you please excuse me? Um it's not terribly hard, but it seems like a lot of people feel locked into a group. And I think it's because they're afraid of having to break into a different group. Um, but now they know how. Could be. Yeah. Okay, so 2 or 3 o'clock if you can. Yeah. You know, in some cases, people are so compacted together that you have no choice but to approach them from the right, but slightly behind them. Yeah. Could be like maybe the 4 o'clock. Yeah, exactly. Like that. It happens. Um, just don't, don't uh, approach from 9 o'clock. Because, again... We're, we're going to shake their hand. And if you do that, they really have to turn. It's uncomfortable. Um, and there are some people who told me, so Mark, well, I, I want to approach from their left because that way they can just reach across their body and shake my hand. Yes. And in doing so, they don't welcome you into the group. You've shaken their hand and you're standing behind them, which makes you not part of the group. Right. Uh, and then they turn and their shoulder is facing the speaker and you're not part of the group and they've shaken your hand. So they feel like they've been polite, but they haven't welcomed you into the group. Right, and and that'll okay. become more clear here in a second as we yeah get to some okay the other points. Step three, we touch them on the shoulder blade, and and again, this is where a lot of people stumble a little bit. It's understandable. Do we do we talk first? Do we just stand there, sort of like a cancerous growth on the back of the group? No, we we've got to do something to start the process. Okay, to introduce yourself to the group or to become part of the group. The beauty, again, of, of approaching from the right is that you can reach out with your left hand to touch the person on their right shoulder blade, their right scapula, if you're so anatomically inclined. If you know them, you can probably be okay with laying the palm of your hand on their shoulder or uh, up top on their shoulder or on uh, the palm of your hand on their shoulder blade. But I recommend the shoulder blade, and, and I'll tell you why. Because if you get in the habit of putting your hand on someone's shoulder, that's fine. Um, people who know you are usually completely okay with that. Um, uh, gosh, I should tell a story sometime of how close you can get to a person before they start getting uncomfortable. Um, if you have a standard set of uh, floor tiles that are a foot by a foot, um, very interesting to watch people, how they interact with you when you're not talking to them, but you get closer and closer to them. But anyway, um, I, I'm, I'm actually a very much a social, you know, a, a person who, an anthropologist, if you will, paying attention to parties to how people interact. Um, I'm sure I'll never get invited to another party as long <laughs> as I live now. Um, yeah, when's the last time you came uh, to one of my parties? Uh, yeah, I'm, there, uh, there you go. Uh, okay. Yeah, thanks. Thanks for the feedback, there you partner. Go. <laughs> um, so if you put your hand on the top of their shoulder, if you get in the habit of doing that, the downside is that if you do that with somebody you don't know, um, you, you get you get in the habit of practicing that, and then you do that in, 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 with somebody you don't know. It, it, it's perceived as um, uh, it, it can be obsequious. It's perceived that you're putting them down, that you're saying I'm superior to you, whereas the shoulder blade is, is much less so. And so even with my friends, I touch them on the shoulder blade, so when I'm not doing it with a friend, my natural reach is toward the shoulder blade. I, I just always touch someone on the shoulder blade. 
Okay. And in many cases, if you know them and you start reaching for them with your left hand, they see it, they felt you coming, and they already start adjusting how they're standing in order to be welcoming to you in terms of body language. Now, uh, to go a step further, um, for those people whom you don't know, which is the, this technique is obvious, mo- most frequently used on folks like that, um, I recommend just two or three fingers uh, touching their shoulder blade. I, I, I don't recommend the whole hand, the palm, if you will. The, the whole purpose of this is a very light touch. Um, uh, doesn't, it doesn't have to be uh, a full hand. It can just be two or three fingers. And one other thing that I, I, I've sort of learned the hard way, um, but I've just paid attention to, to feedback, which I get a lot of in the world, uh, never, ever do this on somebody's arm. Um, first of all, the touch that you put, for instance, if they're standing there and their elbows are bent and you're touching their tricep slightly above their elbow, when you touch them, their natural tendency is to move back. So the first thing that happens, they're going to move that, that arm back. The first thing that happens is they're pushing your hand because the elbow moves faster than the shoulder. Um, they're pushing you away. And if they do it quickly, it, it can be off-putting, um, it's also very reminiscent for a lot of adults who have children of a child tugging on a mom or a dad's arm. It just doesn't work nearly as well. The arm, in my analysis, I could be wrong about this, says, I need you. The shoulder blade says, I'm here. Yeah, that's good. Which is a very, very different communication, in my opinion. Okay, so step four, when they turn, as they always do, uh, extend your hand. And now, obviously, all that hard work everybody's done on their handshake pays off. Um, the, person you've, the person you've approached is highly likely to turn to face you or at least turn their head to make eye contact with you. Now, this is important. When they do, when they make eye contact with you, when they turn their head, now you begin to extend your hand to shake theirs. If your hand is already extended, they're not going to notice you having done so. And depending upon how much they turn their head and where their shoulder is and so on, they may not see your hand sticking out. And as many people That's know... That's embarrassing. Yeah, there's just nothing worse than that, 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 that moment of, oh, okay, I'll just put my hand down now. <laughs> I won't consider myself shown a great deal of disrespect. They don't, they don't mean that. They just haven't seen it. So what you want is you want to be, to be ready to extend your hand, but not until they turn to face you. So you touch them on the shoulder. You've got your hand ready to be extended. They turn and now your hand comes out and they'll see from the body language and, um, You'll be amazed how conditioned many people are to respond by engaging in a handshake with you. And and, and think about it now. You're standing to their right. Um, just picture somebody to your immediate right right now who ha- who you've seen has extended their hand out. What do you do? You turn your right shoulder. You pull your right shoulder back. And now you're shaking hands with them. And in fact, I just did it. I bet it changed the way I sounded on the, on the podcast. I just literally turned to the right and moved my... my uh, um, move my face away from the microphone. Yeah, don't, um, don't do that. Yeah, I, I know. <laughs> bad, bad voice quality. Um, when they do, I, I've seen like 75% of the time, they step back with their right foot. And what do you know? You've become part of the group. They've essentially made room for you. They've welcomed you into the group. And here's something else, too. The person to your right, in most cases, will naturally turn their body to their left when the person in the group, because because as you've approached the group, you're behind. The person you're approaching, the person to their right, 
you're behind them. So once the person in the group whom you've approached turns and starts to shake hands with you, that's when the person to their right in the group recognizes that somebody's there. They notice you and they tend to move, they tend to pull their left shoulder back and again, welcoming you, making it easier for you to fit into this particular group. Right. And then as you move your left shoulder to your person on your left shoulder, your right to the person on your right shoulder, the circle just got bigger. Exactly. The group yeah. now has one more person. That would be you. Yeah. And and this is why you never approach the person immediately to the left of the speaker of the person speaking at that time. Because they're going to be distracted by your introduction and they're not going to see it and it's going to catch them up. And then everybody is staring at you. And you don't want that. You want this to be unobtrusive. Right, right. So, that, you're Instead of being welcomed to the group, you're, you've now become an interruption. Yes, exactly. It's a subtle thing, but I, I've noticed it. And you know what? It's funny. I did that. I actually did that the hard way uh, at Procter & Gamble. This was a number of years ago at a at a get-together in Dallas. Uh, I'm, no, I'm sorry. It was in Cincinnati, actually. And, and um, I happened to be – it was a bunch of sales reps and a couple of managers. And I did not know that the, the vice president, a uh, really great guy named Larry, was the person who was talking. I just saw somebody in the group that I knew and, and went right up to them. And, and then when, when the person to their right turned and it was Larry, the v, senior VP or something like that, very great guy, he's like, well, hello, Mark. I'm like, oh, God, what a <laughs> dork I am. Um, so never approach the, the person immediately to the left of the person speaking. Okay. Now, now, you, uh, in some situations, step five is quietly introduce yourself. In some situations, there's going to be enough ambient noise. It's in a conference or whatever, or the speaker will be loud enough that you'll be able to say, hi, I'm Mark Horseman. It's nice to meet you. And the person who you introduce yourself to, whom you're shaking hands with, may say, hi, I'm Bob or, or, or whatever. They, they may or may not respond. And that's okay. So long as they've made room for you. Or in different situations, if it's a quieter event or if there's a lot of groups around it and it's not loud, um, you'll simply nod your head, say hello, and smile at the person that, you're, that you've shaken hands with, and then turn to face the speaker and smile at them because now you're part of the group. Now, look, all, all, all this is so that's the five steps. Now, look, it's possible that you'll be treated rudely. It's possible the person will make a face uh, and exclude you. It is. It's absolutely possible. Um, some people are just ill-mannered louts, <laughs> and, and we don't want to talk to them anyway. Um, and, and so, as I tell many executives, please, when you're in a group and somebody approaches you, whether they approach from the right or the left, if they approach you, give them credit if they even approach from the left, step back with the foot closest to them and make room for them in your group. Um, so that, in other words, we, we help more and more managers learn how to be welcoming of new people, particularly if you're a director or a vice president or a assistant vice president and there's three of you VPs standing around and here comes a new guy. Well, gosh darn it, welcome him or her into the group. Okay. Um, but in, in the event that you're treated poorly, that uh, you have approached an ill-mannered lout, um, we don't want to talk to them anyway. Try this recommendation, our, our five-step process on another group, and then tell the other group, that guy over there isn't as nice as you people. Oh, <laughs> no, yeah. I'm kidding. Good. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Yeah, good. I don't want people to hear just that part of the cast. No, I'm, of course I'm kidding. But look, if somebody treats you rudely, just say, well, okay. Um, bless them and, and, and move on and find another group. And 
And if you want to get good at this, it's like any other thing. It's like practicing a sport and learning to develop muscle memory. That's why we, we touch on the shoulder blade all the time. Uh, if you want to get good at this, it's real simple. You just practice. You introduce yourself to a group, talk for a few minutes or, or listen for a few minutes and smile and be polite and, and, and use good conversational techniques. And then say, excuse me, um, perhaps the person on your left or your right, and then step away and do it on another group. You can you can become good at this at one party, in one evening, in one industry conference, at one product launch, at one big event at your firm, where you literally go from group to group to group to group. This is a particularly good technique if you don't want to spend that long at a party. Um, you go around and meet several different groups, and the next day people say, oh, yeah, I saw him. I, I saw her there. Sure. Um, and so there's no question that you were there when, in fact, you were only there for 90 minutes, which usually, depending on the length of the party, usually is the shortest period of time you should stay at a party. When somebody has gone to a great deal of trouble, if we're talking about a party here, um, you don't want to come and pop in and say hello and say hello to the, the host and then walk out. So, okay, back, back to our main point. Five steps. Approach the right person. We had some rules about that. Approach from their right. Touch them on the shoulder blade. When they turn, and only when they turn, extend your hand and quietly introduce yourself, and welcome to the group. Wow, sounds like we, we missed like 22.5 of our normal steps. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that was good. Super. Hey, thanks, Mark. This is, this is, as usual, good stuff, and I hope, uh, hope folks actually go and try it out. It's one thing to know it, another thing to do it. Another thing to do it. There you go. All righty. See ya. Well, that's it for today's podcast. Hope you enjoyed it and got something valuable out of it. As always, if you have any questions or comments or just want to give us some feedback, feel free to join us on the discussion forums at www.manager-tools.com forums. Hope to see you there. In any case, we'll see you again next week. So long. <laughs>